Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Alongside me always, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello. How's it going? All right. All right. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a little while. It's got colder. It's so yeah. cold now. I'm like, is it is it time to put the heating on? The working class boy in me is like, no, not yet. Not yet. No. We've all got jumpers. We've got blankets. Let's not do the heating yet. Do you but it's, it's getting close. Oh, look at those. For those of you on YouTube, you should see. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Stu Whiffin's got his legs out. No, no, I'm naked from the waist down. Oh, no, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, good. So is it all quite shriveled up down there, is it? Yeah, in this, yeah in it's this like weather. that bit where uh, Dumbo takes a big, big nose, uh, trunk full of water and it all just kind of compresses. That's what it looks like. Um, it's a nice visual for you there, people. I, I don't even remember that bit of Dumbo, but that just sounds horrible. <laughs> it sounds absolutely horrendous. Do you know what? What's weird is it was like really sunny, like literally two days ago, and then it's just gone from that. To scraping ice off the window of my car this morning. It's ridiculous. But I'm still hanging on to the shorts. And, uh, but I think this could be the last day of uh, 2023. So, um, yeah, shout out the shorts. It's been emotional. Shout out the shorts. That's it. Those lovely little pins have got one day before they're incarcerated for another six or seven months until the summer rolls clad. around again. Yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Those poor boys. Oh, right. Dear. Anyway, enough about Stu's legs. What exactly. Do we, it's, but we were just discussing this kind of before recording. We don't know what to do because this is the you know supposed to be the pre two ninety four episode. But yes. a lot has happened over mm. the last kind of week in terms of like news and other things going on. We had and nothing more newsworthy than. 294 changes, which obviously we're going to discuss. Yes, obviously. But we've had Barbosa versus Yusuf, which was an incredible fight. Ooh. And there were some other good fights on that card as well. Um, Cage Warriors with, with Paul Hughes and, and Mason Jones and all that kind of stuff. There's been the whole USADA thing. USADA mm. and UFC at each other's throats. It's all a bit messy. Um, and now uh, also we had the... Uh, Yawn, <laughs> the misfits boxing. <laughs> uh, 
going on as well, which, you know, we're the MMA fan show. Yeah. We don't really care about that, but it's such a big deal. Everyone bloody talks Is about it. it? No. You feel like, should, well, I don't know if it will be after this, because should we just dive straight into that very quickly? Because I don't want to take up too much time on it. Right. But Jesus, apparently it was incredibly boring. Now, I am not ever, 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 ever going to be foolish enough to pay money to watch Misfits Boxing. Mm. Never going to happen. So I didn't do that. I am well aware of what happened uh, from social media with the um, Dylan Dennis, Logan Paul thing. And uh, I was scrolling through Twitter the next morning and it said, oh, KSI, Tommy Fury fight. And I was like, well, this can't be the fight. Like, well, it must be like a little clip or something like that. No, no, it was the full fight. And even though I was watching it on my phone for free, I was still fast forwarding the vast majority of it because it was so boring. So, uh, yeah, that's... The, the clips that I saw, I saw Dylan Dennis go shoot for a takedown, which just thought I didn't and think get that stuffed. was in the rules. Uh, yeah. But the rest of it, I saw KSI um, in the KSI fight looked like I know he trains at shoot fighters, but he was he'd kind of adopted that MVP style yeah. of of that kind of sort yeah, of butterfly yeah. in the arms and and that sort of low slung yeah. technique. Which the clips I saw looked like it kind of confused um, uh, Tommy Fury a little bit. And, and yeah. but what it also done was made for a really rubbish fight. <laughs> Well, because it looked like what he would do is he would do the whole, like, you know, I'm doing jumping jacks. Mm. Then all of a sudden he went, he lunged in kind of explosive mm. sort of MVP style with a jab or a one-two. And then they would just hug for quite a long period of time. Tommy Fury oh. had a point taken away from him from punching to the back of the head. But, I mean, they, they were just hugging the whole time. I don't really know. Um and it looks like maybe KSI should have won that fight from the little that I did see of it. It looks like Tommy Fury had a point taken away and maybe KSI did do enough to win the fight. Uh, but, look, I mean, ultimately, who gives a shit? Right. Look. Who? No one cares. This is an endeavour in making money. It's not of an endeavour in, like, course. being the best or being really good. I do think we should touch again on Dylan Dannis because mm. something else happened at the end. You must All be right. aware where he, where he went for the guillotine. No, I didn't see this. Oh, my God. So the end of the fight, because it was a disqualification in the end. It wasn't Logan Paul by decision. It was disqualification because Dylan Dennis tried to get a guillotine. Paul just kind of pushed him off. And while he was on his back, Paul just laid a ground and pound strike on him, which, again, not in the rules, guys. No one should be doing this. Then ran away. Dylan Dennis jumped up. And with the most aggression I think he must have had through the whole fight. Again, I didn't see it. This is what I'm hearing and getting from social media and stuff. With most more most aggression that he had in the entire fight, Dylan Dennis then chases Logan Paul around the ring. Security step in. Dylan Dennis waits till he's about five feet away from the guy from security to swing a punch that's obviously going to miss. Then there's the ring is just then filled with security and other people. There's like 80 people in the ring. Just big brawl kind of pulling each other apart type thing happening. Disqualification. Dylan Dennis loses. And yeah, that's, Look, that's that. Bit- Let's try and find a positive in this, right? The only thing that we can hope is that audiences that would never have tuned in to watch, you know, uh, I was about to say, uh, you know, a, a, a Tyson Fury fight, he's fighting Francis Ngannou, so that, that negates that. Um, but if, if, I don't know, tune in to, to, to watch a great boxing match and, and they're not because they're watching, you know, these, these YouTubers, there's a place for it somewhere. 
um, if it's bringing attention on combat sports and it's getting young kids in gyms learning combat sports, I'm, I'm on board with it. Apart from that, it's just a shower of shit, isn't it? And I don't really see that... Yeah, I, I just hope that those kids that get inspired to go and join combat you know, sports clubs don't, you know, actually get their eyes opened when they go there and go, oh, that shit I was watching... <laughs> Yes, that's, that's not it. Yeah, like, there's actually no. like really good stuff out there. Um, you know, it's it's a shame that it gets so much attention, and I'm aware that we've been speaking about it for seven minutes. So, uh, should we move on and, and just touch on um, some of the some other real stuff? fight? Some proper yeah, I mean, fighting. we saw um, Sadiq Youssef fight um, oh. uh, Edson Barbosa uh, on Saturday evening. What a fight! I mean, what a fight! Edson Barbosa is a fucking don, mate. I tell you, like Ari got through that first round. I've no idea. There, there is a reasonable argument, I think, for a ten-seven in that yeah. first round. It really, <laughs> really could have been a ten-seven. Like it was so dominant and really yeah. could have been finished. Uh, but uh, props to the ref. I can't remember who was refing that fight. I don't know if it was Herb Dean. Um, but well done to whoever was refing that fight, if it was Herb Dean especially, because people love to get on, on Herb Dean's back mm. if he's doing a, a bad job. And actually, uh, you know, you've got to credit people when they do good jobs. Was it Herb Dean? Was it someone I mean, else? I, I, I thought it was Herb, but it might not Yeah, been. anyway, I can't remember. Point being, if you can't remember, they've probably done a decent job. Mm. Um uh, the fa- it could have been stopped. It gave him the benefit of the doubt. And then Barbosa, I think, basically won every round mm. after that. And particularly round three, where he nearly got another spinning wheel kick yeah. knockout. And to be fair, he, he must have been a bit woozy and all over the shop because I think you could see from Edson Barbosa that even though he was continually fighting back and actually winning rounds, he still looked wobbly mm. for... The entirety of the fight, almost. Um, but he landed that spinning wheel kick on uh, Youssef, who was really hurt by it. But then instead of going for, like, proper good ground and pound, he seemed to maybe try and get, like, a choke in or, or, yeah. or something like that. And it was like, mate, you could have finished it there and yeah. then. But, um, but yeah, but what a, a cracking fight. Yeah, experience shone through there. Oh, it did. And we've had that the last couple of weeks. The experienced guy, like Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson. I know it was a very different style of fight and it didn't go the way. Yeah, it didn't really have a lot of time to really showcase that experience. (laughs) It did not, but experience matters. You want to be young, hungry and in your prime, but experience really counts for something. We've seen that over the last two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Yeah, Barbosa, man. Woo! What a yeah. win. What and a also, win. And I love that, under- man. Go, Go on. on, sorry. No, I just love it. I, he, he's had... I, I haven't pulled... Got, I, I've been really unprepared and I haven't pulled up all my usual pages. But if you've got topology up there or anything like that, just s- slip onto uh, Edson Barbosa's topology page. That man has fought such a ridiculous... Um, like... He's got such a ridiculous resume of fights. I mean, he doesn't always win them, but he's fought the best of the best of the best relentlessly. It's like him and Rafael dos Anjos that I think have probably got like the craziest resumes in in the UFC in terms of like not always winning, but always fighting the top, 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 top level guys. Yeah, I I did also want to shout out... um... Melissa Dixon, uh, who was on the undercard 
Um, yes. On the on the prelims, um, who made a UFC debut? I think she's fighting out of Ipswich or, or is it Norwich? Um, Coven, Coventry, I think. So, of course. And I was watching that fight. Why am I forget that? I was in Coventry Saturday night, and the bars were alive for Melissa Dixon. And, really? Uh, yeah. And I'd completely Sweet. forgot that um, it started relatively early. And I was in a bar in Coventry. And in the bar opposite me, they had a massive screen. So I could sit in a quiet bar, being all 50 years of age, but I could see the madness uh, in in the bar across the road. So I did actually get to watch it in Coventry. Um, so shout out to Melissa Dixon. We, we did reach out to her um, before the fight, and um, and she's uh, she's up for coming on. So um, when she gets oh, back to, to the UK, we'll have a chat with Melissa. Yeah, that was what a fight that was. Mm. Melissa Dixon, what a way to announce yourself to the UFC audience. I mean, definitely um, some things to work on. And she even mentioned that. I thought she was maybe even slightly harsh on herself in the the post-fight interview, kind of saying that, you know, she knows she can do a lot better, blah, blah, blah. But when you're talking about just sheer will and determination, Mm. fighting through the pain and, I don't know, possibly a broken nose or or whatever was, was going on with her, she was fantastic. Great grappling, just an absolute brawler on the feet as well, like... Loved it. Loved it. But what a fantastic way to announce yourself to the UFC audience. And it's fights like that, particularly in, let's be honest, a rather stale bantamweight yeah. division in the mm-hmm. UFC. That, will, that, that won't go unnoticed. Absolutely. That she could be someone that, you know, give her some time to maybe recover, uh, get her another fight and then get her on a, a, a London card or a UK card or whatever. Um, then, um, yeah. But that that could be that could be something special for her. Okay, uh, there's not too much to say um, about Paul. Can I just just because we have to just you have to give props to Edson Barbosa. Can I just run through his resume from 2014? So from okay. nine and a half years ago, Donald Cerrone, Evan Dunham, Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Paul Felder, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, Benil Dariush, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder again, Dan Ige, Amir Khani, Shane Burgos, Giga Chikadze, Bryce Mitchell, Billy Quarantino, Tillo, Sadiq Youssef. What the fuck? Who's left? No one. <laughs> That's, That's all of them. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know who's left and who I don't want anywhere near an interim title fight for the featherweight division? Max Holloway. Yeah. Do that. Just do Max Holloway. That's what yeah. I'd like to see. Do Max Great Holloway. Shot. Keep him the hell away from Ilya Taporia because we we're going to go that. on to this. I don't want to lose the Ilya Taporia Volk fight. I definitely don't want to see Max v Volk for a unification fight for like the fourth or fifth time. Do something like that. That would be fun. Okay. Well, let's um, quickly shout out um, fantastic win for, for Paul Hughes um, moving up. And uh, did he vacate the belt as well? Well, I I don't know what he's done with his featherweight belt. I, I, mean, I, I think he may he have vacated. Have done. Yeah. yeah, so he must have. So so featherweight in Cage Warriors is going to be fantastic again. Obviously, you've got was it James Hendon? You've got uh, Harry, Harry Hardwick, Hardwick? Yeah. Luke Riley, uh, Jordan Vucenic. Oh, there's so many good featherweights in Cage Warriors. So that's surely they're going to do a little mini tournament for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, great, great win for Paul Hughes. It was that left hook, wasn't it? Just oh, slept him. Mate. Really beautiful shot. And Jesus Christ, UFC, hurry up and sign the man. 
yeah, what is I going on? But, 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 you know, we, we've heard all sorts of things about yeah. uh, poor in the UFC. Whatever's gone on, whatever, just get him in there because he's yeah. phenomenal. And, Absolutely, uh, and, and, and can't wait to uh, to see him uh, flex his guns there. Right, okay, flex his guns. Shout out <laughs> to uh, to Mason Jones as well, who, yes, who got a yes. win, former former guest of the show. Um, and I know we've 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 gone from UFC to Cage Warriors, but one of my favourite fighters, Michelle Pereira, also fought and starched uh, um, Andre Petrovsky. Within seconds, uh, up at middleweight now, not cutting the weight down at welterweight. Hopefully, he's going to have more cardio. He's going to be fun, explosive, more durable. Michelle Pereira is a guy that I've been a fan of for such a long time. I really, really hope that uh, that this is the start of him having a more active career. Um, mm. So, yeah, well done, Michelle Pereira as well. Um, right. I don't Mate, know can we get on for. to 294? <laughs> I just want to talk about how much I fucking love two-time former guest of the show, Alexander Volkanovsky. He's the fucking man, isn't he? He is the man. He's the absolute <laughs> man. What do you say? 11 days notice, upper weight class, to rematch a guy that's beat him, that happens to be one of the pound-for-pound pound best on the planet. Yeah, fucking mate. Count me in. You Count know me it. in, mate. Fucking just had surgery, mate. But fuck it, there's a kangaroo shit in the bush. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, um, yeah, man. Oh, what an absolute. Just had surgery a little while yeah. ago. I mean, all right. Before we get into this, right, can I just say, right, for listeners to this podcast, right, we've been really lucky that we've had Volk on the podcast twice, right? Let me just give you, if you don't already love this geezer enough, right, he's got no need to engage with with me and Blake on anything, right? We've just, we're these thirsty like podcasters that have managed to get him on twice. At the blue, a week ago, we got a little message on our Instagram from Volk just saying, hey, doing boys all good? What? Lovely. I mean, that shows you like what yeah. an absolute legend he is. I was like, Blake, Volk's just swung past and just asked us if we're all right. I was like, mate, I'm I am gl- now. <laughs> Some, something's just occurred to me. Go on. Do you think he knew something then and was trying to give us a scoop? Oh, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We're idiots. It's like, how nice is Volk? And actually, he was trying to help us out and give us give like us a scoop. Exclusive. Give us the exclusive. And all we probably messaged back was like, yeah, mate, we're good. How are you doing? That's exactly <laughs> what we've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such idiots. We probably, probably been a bit, should have been like, what's the news, mate? What's going on? What, what have you got for us? Oh, uh, Ariel like, wouldn't have done that, would he? He Ariel would have been straight have on it, like glitter on yeah. glue. What you got? <laughs> oh, we're useless. Oh man. But yeah, no, we do. We look. The, you, you, you have come to a slightly biased podcast. We love Volk. I am yeah. a fan of Islam Makachev, great fighter, but I love Volkanovski. But all right, can I? Can I be? Um, can I piss on the parade a little bit? I'd rather you didn't. I know, but is it a bit disappointing? That, and I'm, I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here. Is it a bit disappointing that we're getting this fight in the manner that we are? Because the first fight back in February is a fight of the year contender. Some people thought Volk won that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fight. The, the rematch had to happen. We all wanted the rematch. Is it slightly disappointing? 
that we're getting this rematch when Volk is only on 11 days notice and hasn't had a proper camp? I think... I'll take it because I think... I still think it will be a better fight than what Makachev Charles would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think Volk as as is as, as, well, he's been in there, he's gone five rounds with Islam, and like you say, some people thought he won. He he kind of knows what to expect and he knows how to nullify these things because we saw it. Um yes, of course we'd love to, you know, see him go in on a full camp, but I don't think you know, the guy always looks like he's in shape. And I know there's being in shape and then there's being fight ready. But mm-hmm. I'll take it. And 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 I think it. what we've got here, if Falk falls short, I don't think it's going to do his stock any harm because he's took that fight when... Who the fucking hell wants to fight Islam Makachev? Like that, he's a... No one wants that. And well, well, you could say that because he's the champion, everyone wants it. I guess, I guess. But we, who's going to beat him? I guess it was, should have been the question. I, should have, I don't think anyone's going to beat him. I think the only person that's got a chance of beating him is Alexander Volkanovsky. And as I'm saying this, You're I'm saying now thinking, so I might as well have just answered your question at the beginning by going, yeah, maybe he should have had a full camp. Yes, I'd rather have that. So I've well, just yeah, done but, a complete but, fucking U-turn on what I was saying there. But, yeah, I, I do think... Well, no, but are you saying that you think Volk on 11 days notice has got more chance of beating him than Oliveira on, like, an eight-week camp? Yes. Well, then there you go. <laughs> well, then you've got a better fight. That's it. And the thing is, I'm slightly playing devil's advocate here because the other thing is I really wanted to see this rematch. Mm. Yes, I would like to see Volk on a full camp. That would be the proper fight. But... There's a world in which this fight never happens. Look, the MMA is a crazy sport. You know, we were supposed to be getting Israel Adesanya versus Drikus Duplessis, and we'll get on to the poor old Drikus crying into his blanket and cup of tea uh, in in a little bit. But uh, this, uh, you know, there's so many variables that have to happen in this sport. It's such a crazy sport with injuries, schedules, and all that kind of stuff. Volk was, as far as I'm aware, Volk was loosely preparing for Ilya Taporia in January in Toronto. Now, Volk, I think, has come out and said, oh, once I deal with Islam, I'll still be able to do that. Credit to you if you can. But Jesus Christ, you never know what's going to happen. This is this, this crazy sport. Um, so we don't know what might happen in, in Toronto in January for UFC <laughs> 297. But, uh, but Volk would have been preparing as a featherweight. He wouldn't have been in full camp yet. He would have still been enjoying himself. So his cardio won't be there either. So size and cardio, two big, big factors there. When you're moving up a weight class, take on someone like Islam Makachev, who's been in camp. You look back at that first fight, the most definitive round for Volkanovski was round five when Islam started to tire. So you would have thought in a rematch, put that pressure on, be on him a bit quicker and, uh, and try and tire him out a bit quicker. Now on 11 days' notice, are you going to have the gas tank to do that? Who was the backup fire? Gamrot. Yeah, no one wants that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd, no, I'd actually love to see it. Taking nothing away from Gamrot, but, but like, you're right. it's, it's, come it's on. not the pay-per-view here, is it? 
you, you, uh, Charles pulls out. Oh, don't worry. It's Gamrot. Oh. No, no I would have been into no, it. No, no, no I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been into it as much as this, and globally it wouldn't have sold as much as this. However... That's why I fucking love the UFC. Oh, look, Gamrot, well, it's, it's average at best, isn't it? Should we give Volk a call? Fuck in- it. Yeah, go on then. And it's not like Volk's just like any old guy. He's the featherweight champion of the world. And he's the number two on the UFC rankings for pound for pound best fighter on the planet underneath John Jones. Like, that's not just pulling it. That is like in boxing, AJ's meant to be fighting Wilder. And they go, oh, Wilder's injured. Let's pull in Usyk. Or, or Tyson Fury. Or, it would it's never happen effect. in boxing. It's, it would it, never it could not happen in boxing. This is such a brilliant thing that the UFC are capable of doing. Mm. And you could argue, and we'll get onto this again in a minute with the co-main, you could argue that the main and co-main event now, from that moment that 11, 10 days notice at these two fights changed, you could argue that it's a better card now than what it was prior to the injuries and uh, when it was the original card. Mm. Okay. Well, look, should we, should we talk about the co-main? What? No, there's still so much more to talk about. Stu, we've got to talk about it. Um, no, but do you, do, you think, do you think this is a no-lose situation for Volk, stepping in 100%, on the short 100%. The only thing, right, where I see this might not be great is if he loses this, right, I think that's fine. But if he loses to Teporia, then I wonder about the road back and what options there are. Because if he would have lost to Tapuria, I still think they would have wanted Volk Makachev too at some point. And I think mm-hmm. that could have been an option. Um, I presume with Volk's record at featherweight, if he loses to Deporia, he gets an automatic rematch. That that's got to be. A given. I would say so. Yeah. Um, do you think losing at lightweight would affect that? I shouldn't think so. I think it'll affect him and the way we look because then he'll be staring down the barrel of a three-fight losing streak if he were to lose to Deporia twice. Um, I for me the 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 loss in this situation for Volk is he probably won't fight for the lightweight belt again because. Yeah. If he loses to Makachev again on 11 days' notice, which, let's be honest, that's the likely outcome. The likely outcome, as much as we want in our hearts for Volk to win, the likely outcome is that uh, Islam Makachev beats him because he's been on a full camp and he beat him the first time. And I scored it for Makachev. You know, I'm, mm. uh, as much as I'm a big Volk fan, I'm not going to sit here and lie and, and chat rubbish. I scored the fight for Islam Makachev. Um, and so if he loses, he won't get to fight for that lightweight belt again. I don't think, because I can't see Islam losing. I can see Islam moving up to welterweight, potentially, and then that maybe opens a door for him. But it becomes convoluted and, 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 and tricky. He'd have to win a fight, I think, maybe. And I don't know. It becomes tricky. And he's not young anymore, Volk. Is he like 34, 35, something mm-hmm. like that, Volk? Like, he's, he's not got long left to be doing this. Um, so I do so you think, think there is a... do you think in hindsight he should have maybe have said no and waited until no I don't I don't know about that because again, I don't, do you know what I don't know or I'm not saying he should have said no I'm saying there are people saying oh this is win win for Volk there's no loss here there's nothing like it, it was an easy decision to make because 
He gets to fight the champ. He gets an extra big paycheck. He's probably got a little bit of extra money on the side because he's come in and saved the card. And, um, you know, he's the featherweight champ. There's nothing to lose here. And I would say, actually, there is something to lose here. And that is his, his chance of being a double champ is probably gone if he loses this fight. Um, so I think there is to, something to You had to, to spoil it, didn't you? I did. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm urinating over everyone's parades today. Uh, uh, bladder is full and it needs to be emptied, my friend. Um, and, but, I mean, do we need to give props to Makachev as well? Like, yes, he's been uh, on a full fight. <laughs> nah, fuck Makachev, nah. Um, no, I think you do a little bit. Like, not as much as Volk. But I know there's this whole thing of like, well, Makachev's accepted a short notice fight as well. He's gone from a tall, lanky... Uh, uh, Charles Oliveira to this short, stocky guy that's given him his toughest fight to date on 11 days notice. It is a big stylistic change, but what you would have to say is at least his cardio should be on point, Mm -hmm. where he should be better than Volk. And on top of that, he's been training for an all-rounder. It's a different type of all-rounder. Volk is more of a, I'm going to stuff your takedowns, I'm going to get back to my feet, I I I could wrestle you a little bit, uh, and I'm a different kind of striker. But he has trained to be good everywhere. It's not like he's trained to fight an Israel Adesanya type who's just good at like one thing. Um, He's trained to fight someone that's very well-rounded in Charles Oliveira and his opponent is a very well-rounded Alexander Volkanovsky. So I think you do have to give him some credit for taking the fight, but nowhere near as much as Volk. How's this fight go? Do you know what? 2023 has been a mad year. I'm telling you. I've, it's I've, been I've a mad got year. a wild one. I've got a we've, wild one. We've seen Alexa Grasso beat Shevchenko. We've Middleweight seen Sean Strickland. The world. What the hell? Sean, <laughs> it still blows my mind. Sean Strickland outpointed Adesanya. He didn't knock him yeah. out. Mm-hmm. He didn't get him in some random scramble and take his back. He out. Pointed Israel Adesanya. Mm. The MMA gods are looking at 2023 and just going, ah, we're going to put this on a spin cycle and just see what comes out the wash and just go crazy. And Volkanovsky stepping in on 11 days notice to fight a guy that a lot of people think is possibly the best fighter on the planet right now. Um, oh, man, it's it would be crazy. And it would be very in keeping with 2023. So uh, I'm... I'm gonna like my head's saying Makachev. I'm not gonna lie, but there's something in me that just goes, "It's been a mad year. Let's carry on the carnage and let's go for a Volk win." Mm. Second round, Volk round and panned. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Oh, you crazy old bastard! Uh, oh man, I love it. Oh man. Oh, we're going to end up watching Makachev lay and pray for five rounds, aren't we? It's oh, going to no. be terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> we're going to be um, crying. Oh, well, man. I, but I what a fight. It, what a fight. Incredible. Incredible. Um, let's let's move up to to, to, uh, to 185 um, and, and Aziz Kamar Usman um, to fight uh, Hamzat Chumayev, um, oh. who was uh, meant to have been uh, fighting Costa. Um, which was a great fight because of the, the kind of beef and stuff. But yeah, I, I really like this fight. And yeah. I just wonder, um, again, as you said, you know, it's about Volk. 
on such short notice, moving up to fight at 185. Um, Usman on a two-fight win streak? Did he beat anyone before? L- losing streak, mate. Sorry, losing streak. Did he Did he, Did he? he fight in between the Leon rematch? He didn't, did he? No. No, no, no. Right, okay. Two I mean, both. Two-fight losing against Leon. I mean, the, the, the last fight was very close. Uh, and and we saw, you know, a, a fantastic fighter in Usman uh, just losing out to, to, to Leon. So, I mean, this is a very, very different fight to Leon Edwards. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. know that Leon's strength is his you know, is his striking uh, and his and, and, and his takedown defence is phenomenal. Whereas Hamzat, you've just got a lunatic steamrolling at you that can pick you up and literally smash you into the ground. And, and there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yep. It, it, it can do it all. Um I don't know if the MMA gods are going to be shining down on Kamara Usman for this one. I, I, I just, I do <clears throat> worry. I think it's, uh, it's some, some props to Kamara for taking this fight. Again, Chumayev, I, I don't imagine many people fancy him. Like, that's a rough, rough night for anyone, isn't it? Yeah, but do you know what? I... I... I don't know, I see it slightly differently. I, oh, I'll take on Shemayev, yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> don't worry about that. My skinny frame, he won't know what to do with it. Um, no, I, uh, I, no I, I, think, I think this is good for Usman. And I yeah. think this is, yeah. And I, 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 I think that I'm going to favour Shemayev, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of factors in this that you have to, to pull apart and think about. And I think... Firstly, before we even get onto the fight itself, I'm really glad this fight has happened because I think this is a way better fight than Costa versus uh, Chimaev. I think the build-up Costa Chimaev would have been way more fun. That would have been great. That would have been hilarious. But the actual fight itself, 
I think what we're getting when we're seeing Usman fight Chimaev is I think we're getting um, more questions answered. Because if Chimaev can maul Usman, who is a decorated, uh, very, very strong wrestler, then Jesus Christ, what do the rest of the human race, what are they going to do with him? Just put him up to heavyweight. Like, what do you do with him? Um, And if he can completely outstrike Usman and not just get into a brawl like he did with Gilbert Burns, then again, great, because Usman's made loads of strides in his striking as well over the last few years under Trevor Whitman. So I actually think this is a much tougher fight for Hamzat than Costa. I think that we're going to find out a lot more about Hamzat's abilities. Um, Yes, he'll be bigger. He will be bigger. But... I, I think Usman is a, is a better fighter than Paolo Costa, even on 11 days' notice. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think when you think about it, yes, Hamzat's only 12-0. Yes, he's mauled everyone, bar Gilbert Burns, where he had a fight of the year. He has mauled absolutely everyone, like a, I don't know, like a dad playing with his kid in the park just for a laugh um he's absolutely just smashed them hasn't he when he picked up Jing liang walked him over to dana dumped him in front of him and was having a chat with dana like what the hell are you talking like that's just madness what was um, going through Li- Li- Zhang's head then at that point like mate i'm right here what are you doing why are yeah, you having a just... conversation with someone else while i'm literally over your shoulder yeah mate it's just unbelievable and then you know, but Usman's had like double the fights Shimaev has had. Usman has also fought the best of the best for a really long time in five round fights. Mm. Shimaev has never fought anyone as good as Usman. Nowhere near. Nowhere near as good as Usman. Like Li Jing Liang, uh, uh, Kevin Holland, Gilbert Burns. They're not Kamara Usman. Like, yes, you could argue. Or Usman's on a two-fight losing streak. But to Leon Edwards, who I think is very underrated, um, could Usman be on the decline? Yes, he is getting a bit older. But I still think even if he's on a slight decline, he's still the toughest opponent Hamzat has had to date. And there's a very good possibility that Hamzat goes all guns blazing in the first three and a half, four minutes of this fight. Can't take Usman down because Usman's wrestling so good. Usman survives an onslaught and then just starts getting his jab going, working that same jab that dropped Gilbert Burns in their fight. And all of a sudden, Hamzat's like, oh, shit. I'm in a real fight here with a guy that, let's face it, two, three years ago, Usman was the pound-for-pound best fighter on the planet. He was talking about skipping middleweight because Adesanya's his mate and he's the champ and going up to light heavyweight to fight Jan Blachowicz. That's the guy we're talking about. We're not talking about just some whatever. We're not talking about a Tyron Woodley, I don't think, who lost and then just really capitulated. We're talking about a guy that's still really, really good in Kamaru Usman. So I think this could be a tough fight for Chimaev. I would pick Chimaev to win. But I, I think this is a really, really tough fight for him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'd be interested to... I was pleased to see, obviously, he was there for it, and, and I kind of... I was pleased to see that he recovered from that, that obviously, that the, the headshot uh, from Leon and, and, and was, you know, fought a really good fight in London. 
in the rematch. Um, but I didn't necessarily see anything in that fight. That, and, I, and I'm not taking anything away from Leon Edwards. Uh, and I agree, he's very underrated. But I didn't see anything there that made me think, or oh, he would really give someone like Hanzat, uh, Kamzat, uh problems. Because I, I just Hamzat's think... not the striker Leon Edwards is. No, he's Hamzat, not. And, and if he can't get him down, which let's be honest, Usman might stuff all of Hamzat's takedown. He might not. If he again, mm. if Hamzat can just maul Usman, then you're like, Jesus, man, what what's going to happen uh, with the this but guy? You, is you just going to be. You were saying if he stuffs them takedowns and 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 you know gets through the first couple of rounds, then you know, and then Chmaev's now thinking, right, well, I've got a fight on my hands. Like, is Kamara's cardio going to be there taking a fight at one eight five? You think yeah. so? Yeah, I think so. I think he'll be less depleted because he's not had to cut the weight. And I think that Kamaru Usman is one of those elite-level, hard-working fighters. I don't think he's the type of guy that's out of camp for long. And if he is, I don't think he's the type of guy to get out of shape. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's one of these guys that even when he doesn't have a fight booked, he's in and out of the gym just sort of staying fit and healthy. And and okay. I, I think that's the kind of guy he is. Um, so, so, yeah, the, go on. In regards to, to 185... Like a win for Chimaev, where does that put him? Because he's not well, uh, beaten a seasoned middleweight, is he? He's beaten a welterweight. Well, I was going to ask this question, and then I've looked up. I think Dana White has already addressed this, and he has said the winner of this fight gets the title shot. Interesting. No, <laughs> go back and reference the uh, Drickus Duplessis crying into his cup of tea. <laughs> Uh, statement back there like I mean I feel, I do feel for Drickers beating Robert Whittaker who's been like the number one contender for years and years and years since losing to Adesanya uh, and just never quite being able to beat Adesanya but has taken out everyone else beating Robert Whittaker counts for something and Drickers Duplessis should be fighting for the belt in his next fight there's no question about it. But the UFC operates in the way they operate. And Drickus Duplessis not fighting Adesanya on six weeks' notice, which I think is completely understandable. You don't fight Robert Whittaker in a three-round fight. or well, It wasn't three rounds, actually. Was it? I can't remember what happened in that fight now. Um, but you don't, you don't beat Robert Whittaker and then six weeks later go and fight Adesanya. Like that is, that, you can't expect that of someone. But because yeah. he turned that opportunity down, everything has gone loopy and Sean Strickland's now the middleweight champion of the world. But the UFC, I think, are punishing him. They're saying, uh, you didn't want to take the fight, so uh, you've got to win another one before you get a belt he's now. He's kicking he, himself. He's really kicking himself because you look at the Adesanya that turned up. I mean, maybe that Adesanya wouldn't have turned up for Drickers because he would have been more interested in smashing him up. But I just think that... Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think Drickus is really quite hard done by here because, as you say, Hamzat, big star, Usman, former champ in the lower weight class, but neither of them have got a win at middleweight. So mm. whoever wins this fight is just going to be shoved into the middleweight rankings despite never beating a middleweight um, and, and get the title shot. Nothing would make me happier than seeing Usman smash Sean Strickland. I'd love to see that. To be honest, I'd like to see Hamzat uh, smash Sean Strickland, to be honest. Um, 
I don't really care, actually, anyone. But uh, but I do think that this is a very big ask for uh, Kamaru, and I, I, I can't see it happening. There's, do you know what, though? There's no better fight for him. There's no better fight. What do you do? Stay at 170 and fight Bilal Mohammed? What's that going to do for you? <laughs> Nothing. Like, it's not going to do anything for your career, is it? Like, what's it going to do? Nothing do you reckon some like UFC support group where there's just like Bilal... Uh, he's, he's just sort of sitting there Bala- next, Bala- next to Drickus. <laughs> <laughs> and now Marab Divalishvili as well, probably. They're all in there. Marab, Drickus, Bilal. They're just like, oh, what the One UFC One at a time standing up. I'm, I'm Drickus Duplices uh, and I can't get a fight in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I earned a title shot. Like Leon used to be a member of that yeah, group. Yeah, just an empty he, chair where Leon used, used to sit. Leon used to sit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to just uh, pause for a moment. My wife is crawling around the room trying not to be uh, on screen because she's looking for something. Yeah, we're recording. This is going out. What, what the hell are you doing? Uh, she's lost some documents. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is I mean, shockingly unprofessional. Oh my god, guys! I'm going to have to lift up some stuff for my wife to check. So my wife put her passport underneath the printer where I balance everything. Unbelievable! I'm going to show you. She's running. She's running now. Jesus! Get out! Get the hell out of here! God, we're doing an important podcast. For God's sake! Christ! Well, see what I'm working with here. No respect. No respect. This can never, ever ever happen again right? <laughs> that was absolutely hey, no it's it's grounds for divorce it's grounds for divorce <laughs> you're divorced right sorry to everyone listening uh but yeah well, look, um so you you're thinking uh, who are you picking i'm picking hamzat but right. i'm not going to be surprised if uzman does it i will yeah. not be surprised okay it on paper this looks Fucking great this fight. Have you have you made your pick? Yeah, I I, I think um Hamzat wins it as well. Like yeah. um, But you think oh. you think quite comfortably. Would you if Usman won, no, would you be no. shocked? Like, uh, um no, because he's Kamar Usman. Like of course he's got a, a, a chance. A, sounds like you're changing your changing your tune a little bit there, mate, to be honest. <laughs> not, uh, not too sure. <laughs> now, have I convinced you? <laughs> were you were you like, ah, oh, he's got no chance, and then Blake stepped in and he's like Oh, you, actually, you, no, well, you did put a good case forward, I've got to admit. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, okay, right. well, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, the, the, the next fight. And there's a few other fights that, um, you know, we want to we touch on before we, we wrap this one up. And uh, thankfully, Johnny Walker um, is going to uh, make a fight with, uh, hopefully, uh, Anchor Live uh, more fun than his last fight. Um, and and I think when we talk about the UFC punishing fighters, I definitely think Ankalaev is one of those that has kind of mm-hmm. he's you know he's ranked number one and, <laughs> and he should be you know he, he should be getting the shots. But that fight was so boring. Uh, talking about the Jan Blahovic fight, yeah, of, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, so uh, yeah, so anyone that the Jan Blahovic Ankalaev's last fight was that fight with Jan Blahovic for the vacant light heavyweight belt but ended in a draw which led to uh, a month later Glover versus Jamal Hill and the story goes on from there um yeah Ankalaev could very well be the best light heavyweight on the planet he could be mm. 
Mm. But he just doesn't excite the fans. His fights are generally a bit dull uh, because he's so technically sound, defensively sound. Um, but it just means that fans don't get behind him. And that's why you've got your Yuri Prohashkas and your Alex Pereiras getting title shots over him. Um, so... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, it is. Um, it's 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 a difficult one for for Anchor Live. He could be part of that group if he gets yeah. if if he wins this and doesn't get a title shot or whatever. He'll he'll be part of that group. It's a um, shit group to be part of. It is. It is. It's. I, f- I feel for them. I do feel for them. I feel like Bilal's actually got quite a bit of personality about him, and I feel like he could be a bit of a laugh, Bilal Mohammed. So. Uh, I feel yeah. for him being in there with Ankalaev and <laughs> actually no, I like Marab as well. Marab and Bilal will be hanging out, and then Ankalaev and Drikas will just be kind of like stood there. Why am I picturing sad. Marab in in this support group just wearing Sean's red leather still? Oh, he's definitely still wearing that jacket. Of course he is. He fucking loves that that jacket. Um, <laughs> well, look, let's, yeah, let's, no, look, let's talk about Johnny Walker because. Uh, it, it, you know, after the, the, the losses to, to Santos and Jamal Hill, um, has gone on a, a, a three-fight tear, um, uh, choking at uh, Laba, and then obviously we saw him um, hammer fist our very own uh, Paul Craig, and then gets the win over Anthony Smith, which has kind of rejuvenated his career because uh, mm. before the Santos fight, he got the win over Ryan Spann, but he'd lost to Krylov and Corey Anderson, so it was a real up and down sort of a few years for, for Johnny. And like I say, them last three fights, he's looked exciting. He's looked interesting. And, and I think, you know, we're the, the world's, the UFC's paying attention. And I think they've given him a, a great fight on this card where I think if he wins this, I think the UFC will be more interested in Johnny Walker fighting for a title than Ankalaev because Johnny Walker's yeah. got that flamboyant style and he's unpredictable and, you know, and yep. thankfully, that whatever issues he did have with the UFC, he won't be getting changed in the car park um, in uh, in <laughs> this this weekend. Hopefully, um, I think Johnny Walker could win this with something flamboyant. I think he could knock him out. I think if it goes to the ground, I think we get another relatively boring fight. Um, I, I think if it does go to the ground, I I think that Ankalive could could finish it quite quite quickly. Um, but I think that's what makes it a good fight. I think we could see some explosive striking, which could get a nice early knockout, which I, I'd quite like to see. And I'm, I have no issue with Ankalaev, but I just don't want to watch a lay and pray and, and, and a bore fest. But I think either way, I don't see this going very long, this fight. I think uh, I think Johnny Walker might be the perfect dance partner for Ankalaev because of the complaints about him maybe not being so exciting. You throw him in there with a guy that... And let's be honest, Johnny Walker has kind of went from being absolutely mad and so much fun to then being a little bit boring for a little bit after he joined SBG. And now he's kind of found that balance, I think, between being 
an exciting striker that, that gets his shots off and still does the yeah, flying yeah. knees and all that stuff. Uh, but still being a bit more reserved, not leaving himself completely open for, for counter-strikes and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that would be interesting to see how Ankalaev approaches this be, and see if he's learned anything about like the fight game and the fight business. And if he goes out there and does what really he should do for the win, which is just take him down and beat him up a bit, then well done, you've won. Are you really going to be that much closer to a title shot? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know what's going on because Jamal Hill's still got a comeback from injury as well. Um, but if he goes out there and goes, look, I know there's a risk with standing with Johnny Walker, but Johnny Walker is not the most defensively sound fighter and Ankalaev is very defensively sound. I think there's a world in which this is the perfect fight for Ankalaev because Ankalaev could knock Johnny Walker out on the feet. I think there's a very high possibility of that. I don't want to say like easily or anything like that, but I think if he can just dance with the devil a little bit, jump into the fire, you know, oy oy, uh, I, think that, uh, I think that he could actually come out on top because I think he's more defensively sound. And I think he could knock Johnny Walker out. And that's what he needs. If he gets a knockout finish on the feet of Johnny Walker, and we all know Johnny Walker's big old lanky body kind of reacts in weird ways mm. when he gets knocked out. Look back at the Jamal Hill one. Um, he, uh, yeah, it, it could be one of those highlight reel finishes that he really needs to go, boom, I've done that. Give me my title shot. And that's what I think he should try and do, is try and knock him out on the feet. Because if he just takes him down and lays on him, I just don't think the UFC are going to be interested. I think they're going to go, where's Jamal at? Is Jamal back yet? Because we'll give him the title shot over Ankalaev because he was the former champ. And then Ankalaev might have to win yet another fight before, uh, before getting a title shot. So I think he needs to try and get this done on the feet. And I, but I do think if he does that... He could be getting a title shot. And as you pointed out, if Johnny Walker does knock out Ankalaev or even just wins in general, a fight between Johnny Walker and either Alex Pereira or um, uh, Yuri Prohashka, that's, that's fun. That's a really fun fight. That's a great fight. Um, okay. Other, other fights on here is, I mean... There's a few to talk about on the main card, but I think what we should do is switch over to the Brits and let's give the Brits their, their due. Um, and we've got Mohamed Mikhaev taking on uh, Tim Elliott down at flyweight. Uh, I believe Tim Elliott's ranked 10th. Mikhaev is ranked 11th. It'll be really interesting to see where Mohamed Mikhaev is after that horrendous knee injury against Jafal Filo in, in London, where he was in that knee bar, didn't tap, good on him, amazing stuff, but that must have done some damage. So it'd be interesting to see where his leg's at after that. Um, have you got much to say about that fight? Um, I just hope, I, I'm, I'm sure um, Mikhaev's excited to be fighting in Abu Dhabi. Um, I hope the crowd there fires him up to put on an exciting fight because... Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in an exciting fight, and uh, and I quite like to see him in one. Um, and hopefully, Phil Philo was all right, wasn't it? I can't I'm right. trying to remember. Oh, okay, all right, harsh, but, harsh from within. All right, no, I, I don't. The hype that Mikhaev gets, I always get excited about his fights, and then every time I just think that's really uneventful. I mean, yes, the the way that he got out of his leg being bent the wrong way uh, was was ridiculous but 
yeah, I just, I, he just doesn't, he just doesn't seem to follow through on the hype for me. And yes, he gets the wins, but I don't get excited about watching Mohamed Makaya fight. And I hope that he does something this weekend that kind of gets me back on the on the hype train because okay. I've just found him to be quite a boring fighter. Um, well, look, Tim Elliott like is Tim a tough Elliott. fighter. Well, yeah, Tim Elliott's a tough, tough fighter. I mean, he's only, four, I think he's like four and four in his last eight fights. But when you look at who he's lost to, it's like Mateus Nicolau, Brandon Royval, who's fighting for the belt, Askarov, former champion Figueredo. Like, mm. he doesn't lose to Muggs, really. So if Mikhaev wins this, he's in the top 10. He's beaten a, a, a really good veteran in Tim Elliott. And I think he's ready to be put up there with the elite of the division. So, mm. uh, yeah, best of luck to Mikhaev. And uh, hopefully you can keep Stu as a fan and, uh, you know, do something exciting this time I've, around. I've rumour is he's been losing sleep over that. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Another Brit and uh, mate of the show who we absolutely love, Nathaniel Wood, taking yes. on, again, a, a fight on short notice, not as short as, you know, he's been slightly overshadowed by Usman and Volk. They've stolen mm-hmm. his thunder. But I think it was only about three or four weeks that he's had to prepare for Naimov, who, um, you know, Naimov's only had one fight in the UFC, but it was upper weight class. And, Malarkey, right? Uh, it was against Jamie Malarkey, and he knocked out Jamie Malarkey. Now, Malarkey, mm. I think, was winning that fight up until the knockout. But if you've got a guy who's just fought at lightweight and knocked out Jamie Malarkey, fighting at featherweight against a guy that used to be a bantamweight, Nathaniel is going to have to be sharp on point. He can't do what he did against Feely and get clipped because this guy's got power. Um... So he's going to have to be sharp. He's going to have to be careful. He's going to have to use what I'm assuming will be a decent speed advantage. Maybe implement a little bit of grappling as well. Again, against a bigger guy, that might be tough, but maybe that's what he needs to do because Naimov showed some um, some some gaps in his grappling against Malarkey. Naimov showed, uh, throws some fun kicks as well, like spinning stuff and, and all of that as well every now and again, I think. So... Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one for uh, for Nathaniel Wood to, to to do here, taking this on on slightly short notice. But you have to imagine that you know the the nature of the way the UFC have done business with the likes of Drickus, Usman, Volk, people like that. They like people that do them favors. They like people that come in and go, yeah, I'll, I'll fight anyone, anytime, whatever. Let's go, uh, enemy territory, no problem. Um, and featherweight is a stacked division, so you need to sort of stand out from the crowd. So if, if Nathaniel Wood wins this fight, he'll be on what like four fights in a four wins in a row at featherweight. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll put him in good stead, you would imagine. And uh, if he wins this fight, hopefully he'll be looking at a ranked opponent next. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I hope we see some uh, some more of them lead leg trips. The um that he didn't showcase too much against Velo, um, but in in the fights before that, he was just tripping people, and it was beautiful to watch. and uh, And I'd like to see a bit of a bit of that because, like you say, you know, he's uh, he's he's gone up, so he's not the biggest fella in that division. And like you say, if he's fighting somebody that's whose last fight was even bigger, then I, I do. Uh, you know, we've we've spoken about this about Nathaniel moving up, and you you do worry about when he gets to that sort of, you know, within that top 10, there's, you know, some big boys in there and, and you wonder how that's going to 
work for him. But um, but let's just kind of take comfort in the fact that Nathaniel Wood is an absolute fucking killer, and uh, and and you know he's on an absolute tear. And so I'm just hoping that we see that continue and, and we see Nate get a, another win. Just signed another uh, four fight contract saw, as well, I, I believe, saw. Nathaniel Wood. So hopefully, hopefully he's got a nice little pay increase, mm. uh, and he's he's taking on this new contract and. Yeah, that'd be great if he can uh, start off this contract with a big win mm. in, I believe, enemy territory as well. And uh, yeah, should be should be good for him. And then hopefully looking towards those rankings a little bit more. Um, have you got? Um, go on. Have you got Tapology up? Uh, I can get it up. All right. Okay. Um, right, what's the... It's it's just a, a, a photograph of um, of, uh, of one of the fighters that I, I I just want you to have a little look at. Go on. Who's and, the name? Uh, it's it's the, the the first fight. It's uh, uh, Sharabuddin um, uh, Magomedov. Um, uh, do you know what? I'm going to have to go to two nine four, aren't I? You are. Uh, you are. Find this, yeah, because I won't be able to randomly spell that. Well, this is going to be interesting for the listeners. Should we quickly <laughs> talk about um, another fight? Because I tell you what, uh, most people probably won't know who he is, but Ikram Aliskerov is a guy that I think the UFC have got really, really high hopes for. He won a contender series fight, then beat Phil Hawes in his middleweight UFC debut, and he absolutely starched him as well, like completely knocked him out. Um, And he was booked to fight Paolo Costa. That's how highly they thought of him. He was booked to fight a ranked Paolo Costa in the top 10. That fell through. Then he was uh, booked to fight Imarvov, who's ranked 11th on this card. Imarvov dropped out of the fight. So now poor old Wally Alves has gone up in weight uh, to take on the fight on, on again, like short notice. I think he's going to get absolutely crushed. Aliskerov looks really good. Um, and the UFC clearly feel like they've got something special with him because they would not be booking him in his second UFC fight against the likes of Paolo Costa and Imarvov if they didn't think that this guy could be a future title contender. So have a real good look at him. I think he's going to smash this one. You're not going to learn too much from it because Wally Alves, God bless him, is, uh, you know, I think he's three and four in his last seven fights. Uh, it's not going to be a good night at the office for, for Wally Alves, I can't imagine. And when you look at Aliskerov, 11 of his 14 wins have come by finish. I think he's had five knockouts, five submissions, like, this this guy can finish the fight anywhere. He's only got one loss in his career, and that's to a little-known fighter called Hamzat Shemaev. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that Aliskerov is Thoughts and prayers really, to Wally Alves. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's how it seems. Uh, let me just scroll down to find the picture <laughs> of your... Oh, Magomedov! Yes! Mate, I've heard of this guy as well. He's got, like, one... I don't know. He can't have one eye. But he's got like an eye that's like either discolored. There's no pick. There's something going on with one of his eyes. I, I didn't even notice that until you've just said. But he's got <laughs> a rope headband uh, in the picture. He looks like Hercules. Like yeah, he looks, he looks like Kumite vibes. Like like he looks badass. I love it. I don't it. know if that's his guard, but, or, or he's got a cigarette on the go. He looks like he's just having a big old drag on a ciggy as well. <laughs> I just noticed that. <laughs> put he looks that out sick. before the next round. <laughs> a lot of people are talking about this guy. Eleven and zero. He's yeah. been fighting in in um, uh, organizations I've not really heard of. 
but this guy has got a bit of hype around him. Uh, and again, he's fighting Bruno Silva in his middleweight debut. And Bruno Silva is all right. He's not ranked, but he's one of those guys that's been around a little while now, has, has done all right. Um, so, yeah, Sharabutdin Magomedov is opening up the card. 11-0. Fighter name, and, Bullet. Yeah. Uh, if your I, fighter name's Bullet, you're not to be messed with, right? That's true. If Valentina's taught us anything. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think this guy. I've, I've I've heard people talking about him. He's like he he clearly can't have like he, if you look at a picture of him, Sharabutdin Magomedov. You find a picture of him. His right eye has got like it's like um, it's it's it's, it's like really white. Is there's something there's something not quite right. The pigmentation about it. in his eye. There's yeah, something there isn't something, there. But I assume he must be able to see perfectly out of it because. Surely they've cottoned on to the Michael Bisping ways of uh, <laughs> yeah. you faking your medicals and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this guy's meant to be very, very good. So mm. uh, we will see kind of what happens with him. And then the only other fight I, I, I think it to mention is also on the um, main card is Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Muin Gafarov. Um, Saeed Nurmagomedov, not related to Khabib, uh, despite the name. He's a really phenomenal striker. Spinning attacks. Got a nasty guillotine as well. Really great fighter down at Bantamweight. He did lose his last fight to Jonathan Martinez. But I think that loss is going to actually age incredibly well. Because And also, it was one of those slightly dodgy decisions as well. There's some people that scored that for Saeed Nurmagomedov. But even so, I think that that, that loss will age well. Because we saw Jonathan Martinez just this Saturday beat uh, Adrian Yanez. Uh, with his uh, with a, uh, a leg kick KO, oh, that like, was it horrible, was nasty. Poor old Adrian Yanez, who I really, really like as a fighter, just got his leg chewed up by Jonathan Martinez. Absolutely it's an unpleasant brutal. Watch that. Oh, it is brutal. Um, so yeah, uh, so that 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 loss is still going to age well, and there are people out there that thought Saeed beat Jonathan Martinez. So. Yeah, both those guys could be up in the top five at some point. You never know. Uh, but I think this is a, a match that uh, that Saeed should win. Mean Gufarov, I think he's only had one fight in the UFC and he lost it against a guy called John Castaneda. It was a good fight. It was very close. And Gafarov did, I believe, had a point taken off of him, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. But it was it was a close, close fight. Um, and Gafarov throws some really fun strikes and stuff as well some fun kicks as well so that fight could be one of those really exciting fights that you you've not even really aware of the people in it so much but it ends up being one of those fights that you walk away from the card guy and that was an incredible fight um but yeah that that's all i've really got to talk about with uh 294 i think okay anything else from you no, I don't think so. Obviously, 294 goes down this Saturday at the Etihad Arena Abu Dhabi. I can't wait. I think we could see some phenomenal action in those that, that, that main and co-main. And, uh, and however these fights have come about through all sorts of injury and madness, I think, like you say, just to kind of, sort of finish off this chat, you'd never get that in boxing. What organisation in the world goes, shit, we've lost our two headline fights. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make it even more exciting. And yep. and they just pull these out of the bag. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. It is. You, 
Um, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, it's amazing stuff. And I just wonder if, unless there's anything else you want to talk about before we go, we should just very briefly mention Gamcare, who are a fantastic charity that we are working with that uh, help people with gambling addiction. So if you are someone that is suffering from a gambling addiction, or if you are a friend or a family member of someone that is suffering from a gambling addiction, just realize you're not alone. Gamcare do fantastic work. They have a 24-7 helpline for you to call day or night. It's 24-7. Um, and you can get help you need if you're not comfortable talking to someone on the phone. They've got the little chat box on their website. You can just type away in there, talk to someone about your issues or someone that you're concerned about. And um, also, if it's if it's bad, they can get you counseling sessions. Like we're in a, a mental health crisis at the moment uh, and, and, you know, people need counseling for many, many reasons. Gamcare have done such a phenomenal job at getting counselors there that can help you with this problem and they'll get you them quick. It's not a ridiculously long waiting list like with a lot of things. They can get you these this help very, very quickly. Again, not just if you're suffering from a gambling addiction, but if your friend or family member is suffering from a gambling addiction and it is affecting you. You can phone them up, you can talk to them, and you can get these counseling sessions as well for free. It's an amazing charity. They do fantastic work. So, uh, yes, Stu, have you got the deets? I have, yep. You can call for free on 0808 8020 133. That's 0808 Like Blake said, there's the pop-up box where you can talk to somebody live on the website, and that website is gamcare.org.uk. It's gamcare. .org.uk. I think that's all she wrote. I think that's all she wrote. Can't wait. 294. Oh, can I can I do a little plug for something I'm doing? Is that all right? Do it. Yeah, of course. All right. So, if you're still listening <laughs> at the end of the episode, you probably switched off. But this Saturday at UFC 294, there's going to be a little watch-along party uh, for uh, people watching on TNT Sports. Uh, I think you can press the red button on TNT Sports or maybe go to the Discovery Plus app. I should know more details. I don't. But I'm going to be hosting this one. I did one before for the Paris card where it was Nick Pete, Rob Beckett, myself, and um, uh, why am I blanking on the fighter that we had there? Jack Shaw. Uh, mm. And uh, this time around, I don't I don't know if I can announce guests just in case something goes wrong and I don't think they've I mean, announced a guest. But we've got a huge... British MMA fighter. We've got a smaller in stature boxer, but can't say too much about it. And then we've got another huge guy who used to play football uh, and you'll know him from being quite funny. Um, but yeah, that is, I can't, I can't say who it is. I don't think, I think if I announce it, then I'll then people will be pissed off of me, but I'm hosting this one. So um, if you don't fancy listening to the commentary at UFC 294, or you just fancy tuning into some idiots chatting away about the fights in between the fights, then hit the red button uh, on TNT and you can see me trying to blag my way through host. Never hosted anything other than this show in my life. <laughs> and I've got you to help me. Uh, so uh, send some, some nice tweets, some questions during the show. We will try and answer them. Don't slag me off because I'll probably see it and you'll see me crumble on TV, on live TV. Um, so, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be that. So if you fancy doing that, 
give that a watch and I'm sure that uh, even if you're recording it and watching it the next day they will be doing something with that footage to make a little kind of half an hour highlight show or something like that or you may even still be able to go onto the uh, Discovery Plus app if you have it and uh, and tune into the watch along to, to hear us talking about the fights as you're watching the fights in the morning however you want to do it it's there I'm hosting an event it'll probably go horribly wrong tune in for the carnage um, yeah we done I think so. And then obviously we will then be back uh, to do a post-294 show as well, which will be coming your way. Um, And speaking of big, big British fellas, um, hopefully, fingers crossed, I won't say the name. I won't say the name. I won't say the name. But hopefully we've got one coming up soon. And uh, and yeah, and then we will be also catching up with um, Melissa Dixon uh, over the next few weeks as well um, to uh, to talk about her career and her recent win um, uh, uh, in, in the UFC. Okay, other than that, um, we will see you next time. See you later, guys. Bye.